0: Welcome to New York Zen Center for Contemplative Cares podcast. This free podcast is made possible through your generosity. Please consider making a donation through our Ways to Give link on zencare.org. It's probably really understanding what kind of liar you are can set you free. While we were away, I had the opportunity to read a a friend's book and she was writing about when she was sick with cancer herself was visiting her mother with her sister and she said you know I'm the liar of the family so I kept telling my mother everything's okay even though I knew it wasn't And my sister would say, no, it's not okay. But which one is the right one? What's the right response to lie or not lie? The wonderful poet David White says, Honesty is reached by the doorway of grief and loss. is reached by the doorway of grief and loss. Where we cannot go in our mind, our memory, our body, is where we cannot be straight with another, our world, or ourself. The fear of loss in one form or another is the motivator behind all conscious and unconscious dishonesty. All of us are born to be afraid of loss, he says, in all its forms. being overwhelmed by the possibility of a disappearance. A friend of ours came here yesterday and he's in his 70s and he was saying, wow. One thing, then the next. And he said, I'm actually at the age now where it's just one thing then the next thing and then there's gonna be another thing and another thing and another thing and it's just gonna be pile up until one of them takes me he said it's quite humbling I was so struck by how brave I felt that was how honest no kind of flinching from like oh it sucks i don't like growing old the zen peacemakers understand this precept in terms of not lying is listening and speaking from the heart just saying what's plain what's ordinary a cheeky monkey just be a cheeky monkey if you're a sloth just be a sloth. but the reality is like usually we're more complex than that or at least like a small zoo of animals <laughs> that were joyful and horrified Intent and nervous, at least two things. So when we walk into these rooms, like to me, it's about really understanding our own diversity. And so much of it, I think I know for myself, I get into trouble when I think that I'm supposed to just be one thing. So the lie is the oversimplification of reality. It's like some fantasy world cartoon reality, where we're just this or just that. And then we're going to go into these rooms and then if we feel that way, then we want them to be that way. (coughs) These people who are vulnerable, in their own dying process, or just quite sick. So the lie is actually taking away their own humanity because we are uncomfortable with our own complexity. Says, aware of suffering caused by unmindful speech and the inability to listen to others, I vow to cultivate loving speech and deep listening to relieve suffering. How often do we actually listen? <coughs> Really listen, but not just with our ears, but our whole body and mind. Or what happens when we feel hurt? How is our listening then? How receptive are we? Can we feel hurt and connected? We feel hurt and loving. <coughs> Eve Ensler says, "I think the greatest illusion we have is that denial protects us. We just kind of live in our little bubble of our little head. She says, it's actually the biggest distortion and lie. And of course, the biggest denial is that I am not you. This is the denial in terms of caregiving that actually gives us the biggest trouble. She says, in fact, staying asleep is what's killing us, the sleep of denial and separation. No problem. So there's something about this waking up that actually seems like it matters. And there's something about being with awake people that is very nourishing, at least from my experience. Dogen says, the dharma wheel unceasingly turns, and there is neither excess or lack anywhere. There's no excess or lack anywhere. What would that be like to take on? there's no excess or lack anywhere. So what would you need to lie about if you really believed that and really felt it? Bodhidharma, the founder of that not even speaking a single dead word is called the precept of refraining from lying There's a fire Last week, we were in Tulum in this like you know, magical little place. And there was a siren one night, and I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 I miss 23rd Street. <laughs> Someone's coming to get help. We have that kind of reminder all the time. There's fires and people hurting people are responding. Not speaking even a single dead word is how we refrain from telling lies. To me, the only way that I can do that is actually if I'm really with you. How rarely are we really with who we're with? At the symposium that some of you were at, Frank Osseski, a wonderful teacher, said that actually we might all say that we're into contemplative this, contemplative that, or mindful this, or mindful that, but actually what we spend most of our time doing during the day is distracting ourselves. It's so refreshing. We say that, but then we're like, mm. <laughs> I love meditation. What do we do with our time? When we're going into these rooms of the living, how are we with our time? How are we with our bodies? Are you awake? To me, there's so many lies that we tell ourselves in those rooms. And you know, the Buddha talked about how that we tend to go towards comfort and move away from discomfort. If anyone has questions about that, just pause for a moment. One of the big lies is I can't do it. We go into those rooms and feel like, oh. projecting into the future, even, of our own capacity. Not even allowing ourselves to change, which we're always doing. Every moment changing. Can you allow it? One that I hear from many students often is well, they can do it. They're really good at it. I'm terrible at it. It doesn't really apply to me. I don't really have those skills. These are lies. Right? Ways that we separate from the foundational lie of that I am not. Another one is if only I blank (laughs) had more experience, I had more training, if they would just finally tell me what to do when I go in these rooms, if they just gave me the rule book, the sheet, the cheat sheet, the crib sheet, the 411, whatever it is. And then Another lie, too, is, well, I'll try it. Like not really fully allowing ourselves to actually just experience it. We like kind of try, I'll try it out. So we're not really allowing ourselves to fully participate. <coughs> A lie. Another favorites are I'm, I was just too tired. Or I don't feel like going to the hospice today. So, I have some urgent knitting to do. <laughs> I didn't floss this morning. I'm going floss, you know, and catch up on my flossing. It's amazing how many things become urgent. to distract yourself, or I deserve a break, I don't need to go today because I, I really I deserve a break, but for me what's under all of those things is that I'm afraid, I'm afraid of actually experiencing myself new. I'm afraid if I let go of some of my treasured habit patterns, who will I be? And what if I really allow myself to develop a mind of not knowing that is spacious and vast? Who would I be then? afraid of that. Rilke says, let everything happen to you. Stop trying to control it. Beauty and terror just keep going. no feeling is final. It's like we, we feel fear and then we're like, okay, seal it off. So easy to do that. So easy to run when you get scared. Anyone else have another experience? David White says, the ability to speak the truth is as much the ability to describe what it's like to stand in trepidation at this door. As it is to actually go through it and become that beautifully honest spiritual warrior. I love that. that that we need to be able to understand. It's not about not having fear, but knowing, like, wow, holy shit, I'm scared, and then walking through. He also says, honesty is grounded in humility and, indeed, humiliation. And admitting exactly where we are the most powerless to me this is so important for this work to realize that we are actually helpless and powerless to really save anyone from pain and suffering and death and that's actually the key to actually being abused. Mm. The hubris of our power that we will save someone from just the realities of life, of old age, sickness, and death, is the great lie to. so one of the slogans that we use here with this precept is what do you conceal about your life what do you conceal about your life it's such an important thing to reflect on what are the little weird pockets that you create in your life We all have one. Never met someone without one. Yig says, it's a weird thing about truth. It actually protects you. What really makes you vulnerable is when you're lying because you know you're going to get caught, even by your own mind, that you know you're a liar. When you actually finally tell the truth, there's a strange relief that comes. And we experience this with the folks that we care for and care with. They finally tell you something that they've never told anyone. A secret. And you feel the transformation of what happens when they finally tell you the story that they've never told anyone. Because of so much shame. And the freedom of that just telling the truth, which is so plain. And as Bodhidharma says, this is the path of aliveness, to use live words.